是，阿门，阿门，叮咚，呜， Oh God, you sound so good, Kenny. The Lord is with you tonight. He's hot with you tonight. I can tell you right now. You, Kenny, you have got plane on the brain. You are gonna have that new jet by the time you go off air tonight. I just know it. All right, I guess we gotta address something, though. Hey, Dale, come on in here. We gotta go over tonight's sermon, please. Oh, I think the pastor's talking to me. Sure thing, pastor, coming right up. Dale, I've been sitting with the Lord all the day. We've been a sitting and we've been a praying, and I have felt His Spirit deep inside me. And I had to ask Him a few questions. Do you know what I had to ask Him, Dale? I just don't know. I couldn't even guess. Like maybe how he turned all that water into wine—that was amazing. No, Dale, not about the damn water. Now I need you to get serious. I need you to get focused. We got a big service coming up tonight. I need that new plane, and we need to get your performance straight. You have not been doing well lately. Are you telling me you don't like the way I'm hyping you, Pastor Kenny? No, son, I do not. You sound like you took four Ambien and ate a mouthful of sand. I need a hot man that can keep up. When we start talking in tongue and asking for money, that's our stairway to heaven. That's our buzzer-beating three-pointer. That's our porn movie money shot, Dale. Do you hear what I'm asking you, Dale? Is there anyone at home up there, Dale? Well, geez, now, Kenny, I have no idea. You don't have any idea if you got marbles up in that shoulder box? No, no. No, no, Pastor. I just don't know what a money shot is. Well, now it's like when a man takes his hose and it puts out a woman's fire. Oh, hell, Dale, this isn't what we're talking about. Now listen up. Last week when I was blowing the coronavirus away, I needed some excitement behind me. I needed some shouting and I needed some amens and some hallelujahs. Hell, Dale, I needed a few shaman lama ding-dongs. And what I got was, amen. See you later, coronavirus. That's the spirit, Kenny. It's like you're a teenager getting ready for the bus. You gotta wake up, Dale. You gotta wake up. Do you understand me? Well, Pastor, I think so. Maybe I could drink a soda or one of those coffees beforehand. That way, it gives me a little pep in my step. Hell, boy, you better get a meth pipe and visit Heisenberg, 'cause you sound like a dopey dwarf on Xanax. Well, maybe I could use to turn the microphone up just a snudge. You could stick a megaphone straight up your poop shoot, and I don't think that would help. We need to practice, and we need to do that now. Okay, sir, let's. Do this. Do you have a heartbeat, Kenny? I think so. Do you want to check for me? I am not touching you now. Focus. I'm gonna practice my money pitch. When I'm getting in the zone, I need you to do a little dance. Don't just repeat after me. Give it a little extra. Give me some excitement. Take some creative liberty. Hell, boy, give me the righteous reach around. Okay, Pastor. I'm serious. I'm focused. Let's do it. Get your fucking hands off me, Lord Dale! Not an actual hand job; it's a manner of speaking. Did your parents pay attention to you as a child? Ah,、uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, just settle down. Now here we go. I'm gonna get ready, and I'm gonna start practicing. And I walked up to that tornado, and I said, "Big on tornado, big on! Get back in get your hole." Get in Kenny's hole. hole. Come on now, right up in his hole. Get in that hole. Money shot. Now, what in the good fuck are you talking about, Dale? Well, you told me to take some creative liberty. That is not what I meant. Do you even know what you were saying? You sound like a loose cannon without any ammunition, son. Well, I'm so sorry, Pastor. I thought I was heating up right there. You are as cold as a set of Siberian tits without a bra. Now, let's do this again and focus. Great, I am ready. You are the furthest thing from ready I have ever seen. 
But here I go. You ready? Okay. And I'm telling you, I was sitting with the Lord all Amen. day, just walking with him and uh, sitting with him. And he was inside the me, Lord so was right deep inside, inside me. And when he was inside, inside me, he told me, someone out there in the TV audience is feeling too much stress. If you're stressed, you're about to die. I'm here to tell you the Lord is with sucks. you. Go ahead, he send is your money in anyway. And to give to me is to give to the Lord. You wouldn't turn the Lord down if he asked you for a dollar, Let would the you? Let the Lord ride That's in. one dollar. One dollar can turn run. into through five, you like that a taco filled with sour milk. Stick the five dollars right inside the Lord. Shove it right in. Son, I think you were dropped on your head as an adult. You making me sound awful. What in the fryer tuck are you talking about? Oh, I just God don't know. damn, Dale. Okay, so settle sorry. down. Now, now, now. Okay. We're going to try something easy. I'm I think we're ready. giving you too much, son. I think it's cramming up your jam box up there. My what? I think we need to start with something simple. Okay. Something a squirrel with no feet could figure I like out. Squirrels. Let's practice some fire talk. Some Ooh. speaking in tongue. Oh, good, Pastor. I speak with my tongue all the time. In tongue, Dale, not with tongue. Ah, ah, shit, just follow me, dumbass. Be gone, be gone. Be gone. See you later. Have a nice day. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Winger dinger longer donger. Money shot. Dale! Was that better, Pastor? You're fired, son. Aw, that's the third job I've lost this month. You know what? Maybe I'll go talk to Pat Robertson. I think he's always hiring. In early 2020, the world shut down. Stores, restaurants, schools, and whole communities shut their doors in an effort to protect human life. As the world quickly changed, one man went on Facebook to get a degree in internet epidemiology. Brian, along with his lab assistant, Hotley, are curing coronavirus by commenting on fake news and reposting recipes of secret virus cures from a friend of a friend who works high up in government. Join Brian and Hotley as they discuss the world and life during this forced interruption. Learning, laughing, and loving in this real-life commercial break. On this episode of The Commercial Break. At first, I was like, this could be any one of my friends. Right. Right? Just, <laughs> just like they just lost their way to the party and they just yeah. like, oh, out of the yellow brick road, right? Yeah. The officer gets out of the car. What you up to, son? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just bought this kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I run the 20 feet across the patio, and I leap as far as I can outward (laughs) the 12 and a half feet over the stairs, (laughs) screaming the entire way, stop! (laughs) The next episode of The Commercial Break starts now. And the police were like, what the fuck are you talking about, young lady? You better get back in that house of yours and shut the fuck up for the rest of the night. And I had suspected that at least for a little while, this person was not completely sober, but at least better or doing better. But after that phone conversation, it was like, no way. So welcome to the podcast, podcast number seven. Here we are. I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. I know at this point that I don't know every one of these listeners. Like, I had literally suspected that for the first maybe 40 podcasts, 
we'd be like honing our craft, getting the back and forth together, and we'd just be broadcasting to a few select human beings who happen to look on our Facebook pages and say, hey, that's interesting, we should check out what they're doing, and then probably go, what a bunch of fucking idiots. But now it's clear to me we are way outside of our sphere of influence because <laughs> I don't know thousands of people. I just don't. I just don't uh, from all across the world. So I'll say this. Thank you very much for listening wherever you are. TCBpodcast.com is the place to go to find out more information about the show. You can listen to all the episodes there. We're available on Google, Overcast uh, FM, Stitcher, Google, Apple, all the places where Spotify. Spotify. Go Joe Rogan. Bing bong. Um, all the places you can listen to your favorite uh, podcasts. So thank you very much. We get to 500 listeners on one particular episode, which now we are extremely close. We will do a live broadcast. I don't even know how that fucking works, by the way. I keep on promising we're going to do a live <laughs> broadcast. Tonight. We're going to do like a Zoom call. I, only can, I can only have four in my Zoom on a free account. So <laughs> maybe only four show up. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah, figure, we'll it figure it out. out. We'll figure it out. We'll cross that bridge when we come yes. to it, as they say. Um, so, yeah, so this young lady uh, decided she was going to call the cops. And it, it reminded me of a couple days ago, my wife, about calling cops, right? Like when you have to call the police. As an adult, it's like one of those things. I, I think as a kid, you're really afraid to call the police. And then maybe as a teenager, at least if you were like me, I didn't want to get the police involved in anything I was doing because I'm pretty sure I was the one that was going to end up in handcuffs. Right. Right. But as an adult, I've had to call the police on numbers, numerous different occasions, having nothing to do with me. I wasn't the one that needed the help or needed to be arrested. I just happened to be in the middle of some shit where I needed to go, oh, <laughs> the police or emergency should be involved in this. Yeah. And the other day... My wife and I are driving up a side street to our house here a little north of Atlanta, and there is a gentleman in a feather boa in, with a, a man satchel and a high school letterman jacket and then like a skirt, right, like a kilt on with army boots, who is walking in the middle of this two-lane road on the yellow line, and he's doing a dance. He's like literally dancing in the middle of in the middle of the fucking street. And it's like, after my own heart (laughs) at first I was like, this could be any one of my friends, right? right? Just (laughs) just, like, they just lost their way to the party and they just like, follow the yellow brick road. Right. Yeah. So I didn't think too much of it, but then he was like getting dangerously close to cars that were driving by. Right. It looked like he was going to like jump or something. So I made the decision. Yeah. Listen, this guy could be in some trouble if he decides to jump in front of one of these cars or, you know, there's lots of fucking idiots out there. Maybe somebody hits them or he gets in a fight or something. So I called the police and I just said, hey, listen, you know, the guy's not doing anything wrong. Just you might want to guide him off of the, the street. Right. And, you know, the I guess the police showed up and, and that's what it was. It made me think of a, a good topic for today, which is stories where the police were involved, where you didn't end up going to jail which was the <laughs> one that actually ended up in handcuffs because i have a few good stories where i actually ended up in handcuffs so i'm not sure it's anything i'd ever broadcast on a, on a <laughs> podcast but it made me think of it and um so i can't wait to hear okay so this is a whole show in and of itself but my mom is mentally ill she's been dealing with mental illness since i was a teenager so mm-hmm. i grew up in a household with mental illness and my mom wasn't violent or anything like that she wasn't like the worst kind of mentally ill but when we were 15 uh, probably 13 14 my mom started going to inpatient uh, facilities for help and that would happen i don't know let's say 
three months out of the year total, my mom would be in an inpatient facility for one, two, three weeks mm -hmm. at a time. And as we became older teenagers, uh, my dad had to travel a lot for work. He was trying to hold the household down where a lot of this chaos was going on. So it's mm -hmm. four boys, right. my brother and I being twins, being the oldest. And as we round the corner of 15, my dad starts to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to let you stay home while I travel out for a week or two, right? Or a weekend or whatever. It was. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave you boys uh, alone. But when he did that, what he found was that all that Kevin and I really did was just invite a bunch of our friends over to cause fucking havoc <laughs> sure. and destroy the house and get up to no good, right? And I mean, sure. no good. And those are stories in and of themselves. So he started inviting my aunt down. Now, my aunt is a single woman. She always has been. She lives basically by herself her entire life, has had one job, has had no boyfriends. She's been a wonderful aunt, but she's just kind of a person who stays by herself a lot, right? Mm -hmm. She's just that person. She's single. She loves it. She'll always be that way forever and ever. Amen. And she has no idea what children are like, except for the fact that her brother has four of them. So he starts inviting my aunt Barb down uh, when he goes out of town. Uh -huh. And when I'm 16 years old, it was during the summertime, and my dad had to go on a lengthy trip. It was probably two weeks long. And so my aunt Barb ended up coming to stay with us because that's a long time to leave anybody, any children for, you know, that are younger yes. than 18 years old anyway. Yes. So aunt, good old aunt Barb comes and she stays. I live in a bedroom, I lived in a bedroom community north of Atlanta, upper middle class, very milk white, you know, neighborhood. It's just parts of it are very rich. Most of it is upper class. And we lived in this house that on a cul-de-sac, very quiet street, not a lot of traffic on there at all. And if you're looking at my, if you're looking at my house, it's a three-story house with the basement partially daylight, partially not daylight. So it's, and I'm giving this context here because it'll be important here in a second. So it's maybe <laughs> like, let's call it a Wednesday night. The neighbor across the street, the neighbors, they had a child that was about a year and a half, two years younger than I was. So if I'm 16 at the time, this kid is like 14. My basement was well known in song and in story for all the kind of trouble that kids would get up to, but like in the worst kind of way. Right? <laughs> nice. I mean, like we had like six foot bongs with extensions and <laughs> mushrooms growing in the living room. And I mean, like behind couches and my dad, we were just an absolute nightmare. Right? <laughs> and so it was a little bit of a kind of a drug den going on down in the basement. And somehow the neighbor kids would end up over there because that's what happens, right? It was just like, like a big thing and people would come through the basement door and then it would be a big party. And so this kid, which I won't give away his name because I, who the fucking knows, right? But <laughs> so this kid comes in and he asks my friend, I'll, we'll call my friend Donald. My friend Donald and I are sitting down in the basement and it's probably six o'clock at night. He comes knocking on the door. We let him in and, you know, Pink Floyd's playing the fluorescent glow of posters all over the fucking place. And we are high as a fucking kite on whatever. Who knows? God knows what we're up to. And he says, I just took $2,000 from my parents' business and I need you to get me as many mushrooms as I can. I'm going to sell them and I'm going to make money. Are looking at each other like this, is like this is like straight out of a movie you know yeah. like who comes over to their neighbor's house and says i just took two thousand dollars from my parents i'm gonna Goodness. give it to you so you can find yeah 
Right. This kid doesn't know us from shit. We could have taken the $2,000, locked the door, never talked to him again, and then told his parents he stole the money, right? Yeah. So everyone is morally corrupt in this story, by the way. I'm, I'm not <laughs> proud of what happened here. I'm just, I just, this is just what was going on at the time, right? My mom was sick. Give me a break. Yeah. So we quickly place a couple of phone calls to people that we know that might be able to get $2,000 worth of fucking <laughs> mushrooms, which at the time in the early 90s might have been like, I don't know, four pounds of mushrooms. I mean, it's a shitload of mushrooms, right? I was going to say like a garbage bag. Full. Oh, my God. Holy, you don't even know. <laughs> so after a couple of well-placed phone calls, the uh, amigos that were working at the restaurant at the time that we were working at decide that they can figure this one out, right? Come quickly <laughs> to the other side of town uh, and we'll all figure this out together. We got the mushroom. <laughs> you got the cash. Having no fucking clue what we were getting ourselves into. We quickly ride over to this guy's house and we get there. And after a couple of hours of this and that and the everything, a bag, a garbage fucking bag of mushrooms shows up. And I mean, the garbage bag was heavy, right? It was heavy. <laughs> it stunk to high heaven because, of course, it's real mushrooms. It's cow shit. Right. Essentially is what it is in a right. trash bag. And we grab it and we put it in the back of the car and in the trunk of the car, and we head out on our way. We're probably about 20 miles from the house now. We run out of gas. We pull over to a QT. We pull over to that QT. Let's just say this. On the way, Donald and I had partaken in some of the... We figured there was a, a finder's fee. We figured there was a finder's fee to what was going on here, right? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? Who's going to miss a couple of mushrooms out of 12 pounds, right? right. <laughs> so we're chewing on these things on the way home. And about halfway there, we run out of gas and we stop. And, you know, the, the shrooms are kicking in and everything's going crazy. And the music is blaring. And <laughs> as we stop and we go to get gas, there is a little fucking kitten that's like walking in the QT parking lot, like back and forth. And I'm like, hey, Donald, is that like a real kitten or am I seeing shit? And he's like, I don't know. It looks like a real kitten to me. And I walk up to the real kitten. And as soon as I pick up the kitten and I lift my head, a police officer's pulling in. And he pulls in right oh. in the parking spot where the kitten was like kind of next to the kitten, right? <laughs> I'm frozen absolutely frozen. I am totally petrified. I have this little kitten in my hand. The officer gets out of the car. What you up to, son? <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah. I just bought this kitten." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Excuse me." I said, "I just bought this kitten." <laughs> he says, "You bought the kitten?" And I said, "I did, sir. I bought the kitten. <laughs> and I'm just taking it home." Oh, they, mind you, I'm allergic to fucking cats. <laughs> right. Like, deadly allergic to cats. <laughs> but I said, I just bought the kitten and I'm taking it home. And he said, oh, okay. <laughs> see, see you later. Sounds good. Sounds good, <laughs> sir. Just on your way. I don't even want to deal with you. All right. You're white and you're holding a cat and your eyes are the size of saucers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you go. We get back in the car with the kitten nonetheless, right? Now, so now we get a cat. We got 12 pounds of shrooms. We're tripping our balls off. And we had, you know, the, you know, the 20 minute drive that took us, tw the 20 oh. mile drive that took us 30 minutes to get there now takes an hour and 72 minutes of to course. get back <laughs> because we're driving at 10 miles per hour, stopping at green lights, pulling over on the side of the road to check the map and make sure we're on the way. <laughs> this episode is sponsored in part by Claritin. Do you hear that? 
Do you hear that absolutely irritating voice that I have right now and all the sinus congestion? Twice a year, we call that the Atlanta flu. That's because those of us who suffer from seasonal allergies can really find it quite miserable during the spring and during the fall. The nasal congestion that can cause pounding headaches, the irritating throat drainage, the coughing. Sometimes I can't taste my food and it can really make some of my days unbearable. Luckily, for those of us who do live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Claritin D, quite frankly, changed the allergy game for me. I've been taking it for a number of years, and it's got fast symptom relief that starts working on my allergies and nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. The double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. All of those symptoms are familiar to any seasonal allergy sufferer, and I just love this product. It's actually kind of serendipitous that I am suffering from allergies today. Just took my Claritin D, and I quite frankly look forward to the relief, and so I don't sound like a duck. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Please use as directed, and we want to thank Claritin for being a sponsor of the commercial break and a reliever of Brian's allergy symptoms. Thanks, Clariton. We get home. Eventually, we get home. And this kid is like, has been burning up. We didn't have cell phones at the time, so this kid has been yeah. burning up the landline we have in the basement that's dedicated to my to my twin brother who lived in the basement. He was just like burning up and just leaving messages and leaving messages yeah. and leaving messages. And we just ignore <laughs> it, right? We're just, now we're just having fun and we just ignore it and we'll get him his mushrooms later. What's the, you know, what's the yeah. difference? <laughs> we're eating more mushrooms, we're smoking, fun. we're doing whatever it is, right? <laughs> The house is on a cul-de-sac with a basement partially daylight. If you look at the house from left to right, it's on a hill. So on the left side of the house, the basement is completely underground. But on the right side, there is a door that opens. And that hill continues down into the cul-de-sac. So it's a rather st- like steep incline hill. It just goes all the way down to the cul-de-sac. <laughs> Outside of... So the room that we'd hang out in is the one where the two double doors were that came out the right side of that house. So on the side of the house, there's two double doors, glass double doors, and then there's a patio. That patio is like 10 by 20, and then there's 12 steps, a foot each, going down toward my next neighbor's driveway on the right-hand side as you're looking at my house. So imagine that there's a patio that's 12 feet above my neighbor's driveway, and then there's stairs that go down, right? Okay, yeah. Toward my neighbor. And then there's like another 10 feet before you get to my neighbor's driveway. Pakistani guy, has a couple children himself, really, really nice gentleman. I'm always friendly with everybody. So here we are, it's like two, three, four in the morning, and shit's getting weird, right? I mean, we have been eating mushrooms and smoking pot and listening to music and, you know, planning out how we're going to take over the world and we, you know, we're starting a record company and all this other shit, right? Where is the kitten? Oh, the (laughs) okay. So the kitten was the kitten was given to a girl who came over in during the beginning of the night when we had first gotten home. She loved kittens. She wanted a cat, so we gave her the cat. Right. So the cat went to a safe home and lived and lived well, kind of safe, (laughs) relatively safe. But the cat made appearances in my life later on. It didn't die or you know get hurt. So the good news is the cat. Good. It was good thing for the cat. Yes. So here we are when we're sitting and it's dark and the, you know, the day glow lights and all this lava lamp and all this shit. Again, Pink Floyd or Bob Dylan or whatever's paying in the background. And I start staring out the window because I notice movement. And you know, when you're high, 
anything that's moving is just like fascinating, right? Yes. My neighbor has three cars that are parked in the driveway. And as I'm watching, I'm like, wow, there's like, it, it looks like there's ghosts over there. Like, wow, I'm really fucking fucked up, man. There's like ghosts floating all around those cars. Black ghosts all around those cars. Uh. Probably after two or three minutes of just staring at this and really fucking wigging out, I'm finally like, hey, Donald, Donald, are those ghosts out there? And he looks and he stands up and he goes, no. Those are people. And I'm like, there are people in, like walking in and out of the cars? Are fucking real people? He's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure they're real people. I go up to the window and I look, I concentrate, focus as hard as I can. <laughs> right. right? You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. real hard focus. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to figure out if this Yeah, I'm going to figure out if this is real. <laughs> and lo and behold, there are three men in masks and full black uniform smashing the windows of the fucking cars oh my God. and getting into the cars like this is what was going on i was watching this and i thought i was just tripping the fuck out but it right. was something's actually going on yeah i do not know what fucking happened Hoadley, to my brain but all of a sudden i am superman because <laughs> i opened the door without a word to anybody i opened the door one of the, the doors I run the 20 feet across the patio and I leap as far as I can outward the 12 and a half feet over the stairs, <laughs> screaming the entire way, stop, as I'm flying through the air. It's, I felt like I was flying. Right. And I land and I, you know, kind of land and fumble around a little bit. And these kids are scattering. These, I thought they were guys at the time, but they're scattering everywhere. They're running. Two of them running down this way. One of them's running down that way. And I am booking it up the hill, like chasing this one guy. And I'm like, ah, man, I got you, motherfucker. And I jump on him and I land. I'm like Magnum P.I. I'm in a movie now. Like everything <laughs> is real. I'm a superhero and shit just got real, right? Yeah. And I land on him and I grab him from behind and I ro we roll over and there's a struggle. And I'm like, you're going to give me that shit. He's got a bag full of shit. And I'm like, you're going to fucking stop right now. And he's like, don't, don't, man, don't kill me. And I'm like, I'm not going to kill you. I don't even have a fucking gun. I just, I'm just high right now. I just... <laughs> I have mushroom strength, you fucker. Right. Kid is like freaking the fuck out, freaking the fuck out. So finally I get him like wrangled. Don is about five and a half minutes behind me, right? He's scared shitless. And he's like, Brian, Brian, what are you doing, man? We can't get the cops involved. Are you fucking crazy? And I'm like, these guys were robbing my neighbor. Yeah, we just bought 12 pounds of fucking mushrooms. Let it go. And I'm like, no, this is wrong. I picked that kid up and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, just like, we're just looking for shit in the car, just looking for shit. And I go, you know what? You know what? I'm going to let my neighbor decide what to do with you. It's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to let my neighbor decide to do oh what to do God. with you. And I walk this kid. Now, the other two kids are long gone. I yeah. walk this kid right down to my neighbor's house and I ring the doorbell. Bing bong. And as soon as I ring the doorbell, I am back in the same place I was before, which is I should be hiding in the fucking basement right, right now and not outside ringing my neighbor's doorbell when my dad is in the fucking Netherlands trying to make money to keep me alive. <laughs> Neighbor comes out. Oh, the, hey, Brian, Brian, what is going on? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Who is this? This kid just tried to fucking rob your car. You what? He tried to what? He tried to rob your car. This is fucking insane. What do you mean he tried to rob my car? My car, my car, everything's here. It's quiet neighborhood. What? Let me see. He goes outside. 
he sees all of the broken windows, yeah. all of the shit, and he's like, this, this is robbery. This yeah. deserves punishment. No, 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 no. There's no getting away tonight. I am calling the police. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, slowly I'm shrinking, right? The adrenaline is gone. And I'm right. like, oh, no, not <laughs> the police. I thought you were just going to, like, take your stuff back and, like, let the kid go. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I, th I, I thought this was all going to end peacefully. I didn't know that the police were going to show up. No, 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 no. I go get some zip ties. We put them on the ground. We call the police. And I'm like, zip ties? What? We're going to do what? <laughs> zip ties. I don't want to be a part of this. Good job, Brian. You tackle him. Good job, you son of a bitches. They're fucking going to jail now. I tell them, the little bastards. I show them. I had worked hard for my fucking money. So, <laughs> so the guy goes inside. He calls the police. Within minutes, it feels like. Like within a snippety snap, there are 14 police officers, full lights and sirens everywhere around the neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> and a fucking helicopter. Oh and a God. fucking helicopter <laughs> with the lights shining. Holy, I am not even kidding you. This shit got crazy. Like, sh shit went from weird to weirder to fucking nuts the entire time, right? And I didn't know what to think. I was just standing in the driveway. This, this kid right here, he, he, he's my neighbor. He's a good boy. He, he caught these kids <laughs> fucking breaking into my shit. How many were you said? The 15 of them? I said, no, no, no. I had uh, three, I think, you know. They, I don't know. They all go this way and he go that way. And Brian, catch them. He get them. He deserve this guy award the medal. Maybe he'd be a police officer like you. I'm like, no, 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 no police officers here. Here, sir, I'm just. I was sleeping. I was taking a nap, and I don't know what. I heard some rustling around. I just decided to get up. <laughs> Officers everywhere, right? And they're oh. doing their thing. And officer comes up to me, the guy in charge, right? And he's got his flashlight, and he's sticking it directly into my eyeballs. And I'm like, oh shit, he knows. Oh, he fucking knows. He knows, he knows. Now I got that sweat that comes along with tripping. You know, it's like right. oh, this is hot summer night. And he's like, son. I need you to tell me exactly what happened from beginning to end. And I was like, <laughs> from Hodley. the very beginning? From the very beginning? You mean like the beginning, the beginning, <laughs> or like the middle beginning, or just from when I landed on the ground flying like Superman? Can I start right there? Because that was cool. I can tell you about the Superman part, but I can't say much more before that because, sir, I was taking a nap. Right. You know, and so this, by the way, hiding in the basement right now, he's like, don't get me fucking involved in this shit. I'll be in your basement. You mean Donald? Yeah, Donald. <laughs> I have to cut that one out. Good for you. Donald is hiding in the basement right now. He, he's like, he's like, don't be involved in your shit. <laughs> Good catch there. Good catch. I'm going to like bleep that out. Like a, you know, like a professional show. So I'm like, uh, officer, I, I'm freaking out. My mind is going a million miles per hour. I cannot put two synapses together. Everything is going wild. There are lights and sirens. I know they know that there are mushrooms in the basement. I know they know that we've been smoking weed. I know I know I'm going to jail at the end of the night, even though right. I'm the one that was supposed to be the hero. Now I realize how fucking stupid it was to call this much attention to myself when I was this fucked up. So this <laughs> yeah. is what I do. So in my infinite fucking wisdom, this is what I do. Uh, officer... I have to go to the bathroom. Can I go up to my house real quick? And can I go to the restroom? Because, you know, it's been like 30 minutes since I caught this kid. I just got to pee real quick. <laughs> He's like shining, his, shining the light in the left and the right eyes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And he goes, uh, sure. That's your house? Yeah, that's my house. Okay, you're going you're gonna to come back, right? Oh, of course. I'm going to be right back. Two seconds. I'll pee right back in yes. one. Yeah, I just got to pee real quick. Jeffy, I run upstairs. I run up to the thing. I close the door and I'm like, Donald, Donald, he's in the corner. The fuck are you doing, man? You're going to get us arrested. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. He's like, well, you got to, 
you, what do you, did you, did they ask for something? I go, I think they want me to tell my story. And he's like, you got to go tell that story or they're going to come up here knocking. And when they come knocking, they're going to go looking. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. 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 So out, back out the door, light a cigarette. Cause you know, that's always what the cops are looking for. They're looking for the smoke right in their face when they're telling a story. Sure. Right. So I'm smoking a cigarette and I'm like, listen, officer, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I just, uh, I woke up from a nap. Like I said, I happened to look out the window and there were these kids running around the cars. So I just decided to go and, you know, chase one of them. Now I really said, stop. And the kid kind of stopped on his own. I didn't do anything. Like I didn't touch anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm not supposed to be arrested here. Am I? There's no, like, I didn't assault anybody or anything. Did I, is that something I can be arrested for? <laughs> He says, okay, that's great, son, great. I need you to write this down for me. I'm going to get you a pad of paper. Can you write all this down for me? And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Oh. You want me to write all this down? I can't, I can't write anything down. I can't write. Down. I can't write. I can't write. The lines on the paper, they're all bleeding together. I'm going to need a crayon. I tell you what I'm going to do, officer. I'm going to tell you the story and you write it down. <laughs> no, 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 son. That's not how this works. I need you to write a witness statement so that you can go ahead and do oh this. Oh, my God. I painfully watch as the squiggly lines go squiggly wiggly all over the place. As I, My handwriting is awful in the first fucking place. On a good day when I'm not high on anything and I'm focused with a cup of coffee in my brain, I can't write two sentences without any, that anybody could read. But I just kind of squiggly wiggly everything in real short order. Like, you know, woke up, caught guys, someone called the police, <laughs> got to go. <laughs> Talk to you later. So at the end of this, right, uh, I retreat because I'm just like, okay, I write the whatever. I tell the officer, I give him my information, and I say, listen, I really got to get back to bed. I, you know, I got brothers at home. My aunt's in town visiting. I'm sorry. I didn't want all this commotion. And he says, <laughs> he says, listen, son, I want you to understand something. And I thought, here it comes, right? Here it comes. He's going he's gonna to tell me that he knows I'm fucking high and he's watching me. We have had a rash of break-ins in the last 30 and a half weeks. About 112 cars in total. And I think you just caught the kids. Because, they wow. got a, because we caught the other two and we went to their houses and they got a bunch of shit from the other cars. And I was like, oh. whoa, what? It's not just cars, it's homes. They've been robbing homes too. They've been doing this. They're bad dudes. And I was like, oh, well, so am I, officer. I took my neighbor's stolen money from his parents, and I bought 12 pounds of mushrooms. And my friend's hiding in the basement. He doesn't want to talk to you because I think he has a warrant for his arrest. And I took a kid. I don't know where she is. She's probably dead. <clears throat> I go back to the house, and I'm like, oh, my, oh my God. And Donald's like, oh, holy shit, Brian. Like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, I wasn't thinking. That's the thing. Like, I can't even think right now. I just had this premonition that these, for some reason, I should be the guy that should stop these kids. He's like, they could have had a gun. They could have had a fucking knife. They could have had anything. You'd had no idea if they were kids or adults. They had masks on. And I'm like, I know. I, 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 don't, I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't. It's just like a moment came over me, and I jumped. That Literally, I jumped. <laughs> literally. I went upstairs. <laughs> to go get a glass of water. And when I went upstairs to go get a glass of water, there was my aunt in her robe. She smoked cigarettes, still does to this day, smoking a cigarette. And she's like, I've been out on the porch. The porch overlooks my neighbor's house. I've been out on the porch for the last two and a half hours watching all this go down. What in the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm so sorry, Barb, you don't understand. And she's like, I don't understand. She's like, but I decided to stay out of it because if you were going to go in handcuffs, I wasn't going to call your father. You were going to spend the night in jail. And I was like, but I wasn't the one doing anything wrong. And she looks at me. My my aunt has probably never, my, my aunt doesn't even know what weed smells like. But she looks at me straight in the eye and she goes, no, 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 no. You absolutely are doing something wrong. I just don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Something's off here. Yeah. Next day, it's in the newspaper. It's on oh television. God. Well, there was a helicopter that was, was brought Fucking in. helicopter. <laughs> the end of the story is, is that, and so that's, so that's probably the craziest time I've been involved with the police when I wasn't the one who actually ended up in jail, though I probably should have been the one that went to jail. Thank God that, like, I mean, thank God that the situation was siloed to just the focus on those children, because there's no trained police officer in the world that didn't understand that Brian Green was out of his fucking gourd <laughs> right. that night, right? I mean, clearly you had to have understood that. But she brought down a criminal operation. I brought down a whole, like, yeah. <laughs> so here's the end of the story. So this drags on until I'm like 17 and then possibly 18 years old. I can't remember exactly how it goes, but... <clears throat> prosecutor's office calls us mul- calls me multiple times. I just kind of decide, I had moved out of the house at that time, and I just kind of decide, I don't want to be anything to do with this. Like, there's plenty of evidence. They don't need me to be there to, to witness. The sheriff's office came to the door with a prosecutorial assistant to my dad's house when I wasn't living there, right? And my dad, um, sh- the police show up to my dad's house at this point in my life, and I'm sure my dad is like, you know, uh, oh, this is the big one. Here he goes. He's going away forever. <laughs> and he called me, and he's like, two sheriff's officers with a assistant DA showed up today, and they are making you show up to tell your side of this story because it's that important to them. And I would highly suggest that you show up next week in court or they are going to send you to jail. They told me so. They are literally going to hold you in contempt of court. Like, oh, this wow. is how important. Yeah. I'd never talked to the prosecutor's office, nothing like that before. They just decided that they needed me to tell my side of the story. Yes. When I showed up at the Cobb County Courthouse, right, as sober as I could possibly be at 10 o'clock in the morning at 17, 18 years old, whatever I was, <laughs> with Donald, because now Donald. It, it like now Donald is my support system for this, right? I don't think that he necessarily got caught up in any of the police stuff that happened afterwards, but he decided to take me there. When I show up to the courtroom, there is a waiting room. The waiting room is probably 50 feet by 50 feet wide. It's a traditional court waiting room. And my neighbor is there. And my oh, wow. neighbor stands up. As soon as I walk off the elevator, my neighbor stands up. This is the boy. Right here. This is the boy that got all of our stuff back. Brian. <laughs> Cheers. Hellos. How are you doing? And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Like, I don't have any shit to do with this. It ended up that the kid's attorney ended up pleading insanity for the child because the child and the mother came to court and started rambling about how JFK's assassination had something to do with them getting caught up in this whole burglary ring. So in other words, the mother of the child that I caught decided she was going to blame her son's misdeeds and, the, and me catching this kid doing this, that it had something to do with the JFK assassination. JFK. 
Yeah, so like the lawyer took that and ran with it and decided he was going to say, hey, everybody in this family is a fucking lunatic and, lunatic and you just need to do something besides put these kids in jail. Sure. And I think one or two of them ended up spending a couple nights in jail and probably a long probation. But I remember that this, the one that I had caught, it ended up dragging out. I got called to court multiple times. I think I went twice and then the rest I was like, you know what, fuck that. I'm not going to show up to court anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with this because now I really am afraid I'm going to go to jail. Right. <laughs> now I'm just pushing my fucking luck, well, right? I was going to say the less contact that you have with them would probably be best. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I always believe that. I just had no idea. I think I assumed that my neighbor would just like kind of let it go, right? Like if I rang the doorbell and he got a good talking to, everything would be fine and we'd just yeah. go on our merry way. But that didn't happen. The exact opposite happened. And I have never been so fucking scared in my life that I was about to take the big ride for the big thing. I mean, right. not say never scared. I've also been scared in other situations, <laughs> too, where I clearly was in the wrong. But this is one of those things, you know, and as a teenager, I was quite the little fucking pistol i mean i can I, only imagine yeah i was not a i was not a great teenager that's for sure i mean i had school was secondary to everything else every other kind of fucking around that i wanted to do and the, the truth is 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 that i i didn't get involved in the wrong crowd i think i was the wrong crowd for a while. <laughs> like i was that guy like you just want to stay away from that dude and you know i mean listen i've been to a lot of therapy and everything's fine now i have a couple children and, and that's I, good I don't do that. Yeah. So that's good. What that's I have a follow up here. What sure. about the bag of mushrooms and the kid? Well, interesting. The money from the yeah. <laughs> interesting <laughs> story that about that. Right. After much chagrin and trying to debate what to do. So the next night was spent in, in its entirety in the basement. My dad had like a big workbench, right? And down in the, in the underground part of the basement, like this big workbench with the typical light on top of it and all this right. other stuff. The tools. next night, yeah, <laughs> tools so that we could separate the mushrooms and weigh them and all that other stuff. So the next night we spent just kind of trying to figure out exactly, because, you know, he gave us two grand, he expected something, but it, I don't think he expected as much as that. So we kind of like tried to divvy it up in a, in a fair way. We called the kid over and we said, hey, listen, we're taking a finder's fee because this we went through a lot of fucking trouble to get this shit. <laughs> yes. And he said, yeah, okay, whatever. And I think that we ended up taking some of what happened and then he ended up taking the rest. What I believe happened in the end is, is that he his parents figured out <laughs> that there was some missing capital and uh, they confronted him about it. And he said, yes. And I believe, I don't know this to be true. So I'm hoping that anybody, anybody that knows the cast of characters in this story, but I believe this led to some trouble for the neighbor who then also went to rehab. I think, I think that's how the story kind of goes. Okay. And yeah. So, but you wow. know, Nice guy. He was a nice guy. The neighbor was a nice guy, and I, I liked him very much. And <clears throat> it was just a weird, weird, weird situation that oh uh, my gosh that the police got involved in. Yeah, the helicopter. <laughs> helicopter. When a helicopter shows up, you know you're in fucking trouble. Yes. Yeah. When you yeah. got a helicopter, and what I didn't understand at the time was just what a big deal this was. I thought I had caught a couple kids that broke into my neighbor's cars. I didn't know that I was catching kids that had broken into hundreds of cars and homes right. homes he broke into homes uh, wow. they were breaking into homes they were stealing guns and like valuables and collectible art and all kind of shit so these guys were no like two-bit petty 
criminals. And the funny thing was, is if I remember the story correctly, if I remember the, the details correctly, is that these guys were younger than I was at the time. So I might have been 17, 16, 17 at the time. They were a year or two younger than I was. Okay. And uh, I think that I think that led to a lot of trouble for them. I don't think they ever went to school again. So um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, you... yeah, wow. <laughs> quite the story, Brian. Right, right. It is I would quite expect the story. nothing less. <laughs> DCBpodcast.com is the place you could go to find out more information. If you want to look and see what Chrissy looks like, you should go to TCBpodcast.com because there's a very interesting... <clears throat> I actually like that picture of you very much. I think it's a good one. It was a, <clears throat> it's a selfie I took out in Boulder, Colorado in like this wind tunnel over the mountains so yeah i think it's a perfect picture for the commercial break <laughs> tcbpodcast.com at the commercial break you can find us on instagram you can find us on facebook you cannot find us on twitter but that's just because i don't have any fucking time to tweet but maybe someday we'll we'll get a twitter and you know what i've been getting into reddit this oh, reddit have you been into reddit have you I done have. any reddit I, I mean i've gotten on there here and there <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't really explored all of the it seems vast yeah, I went on the Howard Stern group the other day, and it was like oh. thousands and thousands of comments, none of which were, I like Howard very much. Right, like, right. That fat fuck got paid too much money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You bastard this, blah, 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 that. And I'm like, geez. Yeah, let's not like, go there yet. No, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive yeah. on the inside. So tcbpodcast.com. Find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Overcast, FM, and any of your favorite places to listen to podcasts. We appreciate every single listen. We certainly do. We're going to get through this. I love you. I love you, Brian. We'll see you soon. <laughs> the Commercial Break, hosted by Brian Green, is an irreverent look at the world around us and those who inhabit it. The Commercial Break is now available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, and others. Episodes drop every Wednesday. Visit tcbpodcast.com for more information. The Commercial Break. Tune it in and write it out.